In this episode, I want to talk to you about why you should own a Bible without numbers. Not the book of numbers. You still need that one. Number numbers. Math numbers. You know what I'm talking about. Hey, everybody. My name is Ray Burns, and I want to encourage Christians to apply a biblical worldview to every area of their lives so that they can keep growing in spiritual maturity. Now, we all know that the Bible is important to our lives. The more we understand it, the more that we realize it's not just a book of men's opinions or this kind of dry, dusty tome, but instead it's a living, breathing collection of books with various writing styles and written at various points in time, and each with a specific purpose in mind, and all of this inspired by God. Now, God gave us this wonderful gift so that we could know Him through fully knowing His Word. And as we read His Word, as we read our Bibles, we find ourselves drawn more and more to Jesus Christ, realizing that He is the one who offers us salvation from the penalty of our sin by paying for them on the cross and rising again. All of this we know through God's Word. But sometimes, especially if you've been a Christian long enough, you can lose sight of that. And it's hard to remember that the Bible isn't just a bunch of bullet points where we say, ah, well, in you know, page 743, paragraph 2, section A, sentence 4, but instead it is a, a full story. It is a piece of history. It is poetry. Whatever part of the Bible we're reading, it is a specific thing that we need to love and honor and respect for what it is. And so what ends up happening is that we can get so focused on things like individual verses, or when we're reading, we kind of separate our thoughts and say, oh, you know, this is verse 13, now this is verse 14, and we kind of break the Bible up into thousands and thousands of individual verses instead of considering why these particular sentences were written, or why, you know, the bigger context of why verse 17 is saying what it's saying at the time. And so, if you're anything like me, often this is because the Bible looks like it does when we're reading it. And by that, I mean that your Bible is, it has all the words that God has inspired and has been translated, but in the midst of all that, you've got all these verse numbers, chapter numbers, you've got headings that kind of explain, you know, what's happening in this section of the Bible. There are cross-references that, that, you know, in the middle columns or whatever that tells you, hey, if you want to know more about this, go to this book and chapter. Uh, you've got all these little tiny letters floating around that indicate that there's a note at the bottom of your page. And we may not realize it, and we may grow accustomed to it, but it is incredibly distracting. It's like living next to you know, some kind of like loud factory where, yeah, I don't really notice it anymore, but it's still there and present. And it's even sometimes still affecting us, even though we've gotten so accustomed to it affecting us that we just think that that's a normal part of our Bible reading is to be distracted and to kind of pause between each sentence to, you know, mentally box off and say, okay, now this is a totally separate thing because a new verse has started. And so even though, you know, when we're reading, you know, sentence after sentence, just like in a book, it's all part of the same thought. You know, each new sentence is kind of building off one another. We lose sight of that. And, you know, for some, you may not even realize that these verse numbers weren't even in the original writings. And that's a huge thing to realize when we're understanding what God's Word is. They were added much later after the the Bible had been kind of collected. And it's it was meant to be what it is, and that is just a useful tool so that people could more easily reference very specific things in this collection of the 66 books of the Bible. They're useful, 
and the benefits there definitely outweigh the hindrances, but the verse numbers, the chapter numbers, none of this was actually intended to be in God's Word. And instead, what it ultimately does is it makes it easy for when our pastor says, hey, turn to John 3.16, instead of, hey, go to John and find where he says this, it's much easier to find that specific indexed reference instead of trying to get everyone to, at a decent pace, find a specific thing in what is essentially a very, very long series of sentences. Now, again, huge benefits to the to the verses, and I am in no way advocating that we somehow purge it and get back to the basics and, you know, go old school. But when it comes to our daily Bible reading, when we don't need to jump to a particular verse because we are, you know, you know, we're reading Romans and I'm reading this, you know, I'm going to read Romans for 20 or 30 minutes today, or I'm going to read X number of chapters, or I'm going to read the whole book. We don't need Bible verses for those things because there's nothing really for us to reference unless we want to, you know, underline a particular verse or things like that. But really, when it comes to our Bible reading, verses aren't really that necessary. And, you know, the point of this episode is to just to consider what if those verses didn't exist? What if all those distractions and clutter on the page didn't exist? And instead, all we had was God's word faithfully translated from the original languages so that we could read it today? What if we could read the Bible in the same style and flow that the original audience would have been able to read it in? Again, without all these you know, verses and things kind of subconsciously making us box out various parts of God's word because it belongs to different verses. And so what's really neat is that a Bible like that does exist, one that kind of takes us back to the original style of writings, letting us read poetry as poetry without interruption, or see these prophecy books or these history books as kind of a long narrative instead of you know, a bunch of isolated and individual things that don't maybe connect like they should in our minds. And so really that's all this episode is about is understanding what the Bible originally was and then just encouraging you to consider buying a Bible like that for your daily Bible reading because I think that it's worth it for any follower of Christ to own one of these things. Now, these Bibles are often called reader's Bibles, And ultimately, all they do is just remove all the extra stuff and let us read the text like we would read any other book that we would pick up at, I was going to say Barnes & Noble, but I'm not sure anyone buys physical books anymore, but how you would read it on a tablet or get it from a library. And so what's really neat about these things is that most of them will still have um, chapter numbers just so you can kind of orient yourself, and they might even have some headings saying, you know, what this section is about, but... When you're reading the book of Psalms, you're reading it like a book of poetry. When you're reading Genesis or Romans, they're laid out in very natural paragraphs, and you're reading it like you would read any other book. And it makes the Bible come alive in a way where you're just seeing, oh, this entire book of Genesis is one long series of history. Or, you know, the Gospels are each stories start to finish laying out the life of Jesus Christ. And it's just a totally new and unique way of reading it, and one that makes it actually easier, I think, to read the Bible longer, because you're not saying, wow, you know, I've hit 23 verses, that's a lot. But you're, it's like reading any other book, where you're like, okay, I'm going to stop whenever I find a natural pausing point. I'm going to find kind of a break in the narrative, a break in the pacing, so I can put this down and go do something else. And so it lets us read the Bible just very naturally and smoothly. 
And so if this sounds like something that you'd be interested in, if you think that this would help you, especially to just get into God's word more because you are like me and that you find it kind of difficult sometimes to get into the Bible when everything just feels so jilted and isolated and broken up by all these distractions, you've got a few options out there for how to read a Bible without numbers in it. And I will um, include the original article that I wrote here, um, and it will have links to these various things that I'm going to suggest. I know there's kind of a natural hesitancy when anyone includes links to things because they're like, oh, are they making money off of it? And I get zero money for this. These are just things that I have used or that um, I've had people show me and, and kind of show how they use it in their Bible reading time. So if you click on any of these links, this is not my way to make money. If you want to support Onward in the Faith, um, of course, links in the show notes to how you can give a one-time or monthly donation. But let's get into this. So in our digital age, obviously there's going to be digital readers' Bibles out there that can help you get into God's Word. Um, And for a lot of you, if you have digital Bibles, there's a good chance that there's already a feature on there that allows you to disable verse numbers or headings and things like that. Um, But there's actually a surprising number of apps out there that are popular that, as far as I can tell, don't. So on my own phone, for example, I have Uversion and Olive Tree. And those are, as far as I know, two of the bigger Bible apps out there, yet they don't have any way that I have found to remove verse numbers from my reading. However, there are some apps that have seen that problem and instead have created an app fully built around you just reading God's Word without verse numbers. Uh, The first one is called the Literal Word, and it has some very uh, easy features that allow you just to go in there and turn it into an easier reading mode. Um, Now, I personally like this app because it's very lightweight. There's not a lot of frills to it. It's just, if I want to open my Bible and read for a period of time, this is kind of my go-to right now. Um, Now, I think this is only available in the New American Standard Bible, which, if you aren't familiar with Bible versions, um, the New American is a older text, and it is a much more literal translation of the original Greek and Hebrew, meaning that while it's not impossible to read, it is more faithful to the original structure of how they were written versus something like the New Living Translation, which is written with the thoughts of the original text in mind, but written in such a way to make it more easily readable for people. So be warned of that with the literal word. Um, Another app that I use for my daily reading is called Read Scripture. And although this is designed to take you through the Bible in a year, uh, it doesn't have to be used for that, and it can just be used as kind of a supplementary thing for your uh, otherwise regular reading, and that's actually how I use it. I don't you know, stick rigidly to trying to read through the Bible in a year with this app, but instead it's just a nice pace to keep me going. Um, And this app is really nice. It's a little more um, feature heavy in that it's not just open the Bible and read it, but it's written by, um, or it's made by the guys at the Bible Project. And, um, you know, some of their theology can be um, a little controversial, but uh, within the app, at the start of chapters and sometimes partway through, or at the start of books and then partway through books, they will have a video that they have designed, and it is a very, very high quality, and it really just explains, hey, here is what 
this book is going to be talking about. It prepares you to read it. It prepares you to understand kind of the narrative and the big structure and everything it's going for. And, uh, you know, whatever your thoughts might be about um, the particular theology of these guys. Uh, so far, I have not seen anything within their their book summaries that are raising any red flags. Um, likewise, on Amazon, you can find a number of translations for your Kindle tablet. Uh, and that's very simple. You just search for things like KJV without verse numbers, and you will have a good selection of things. And of course, it's not just King James. You can find it for whatever. Um, and finally, if you don't like apps and you just kind of want something maybe on your computer where you can see it a bit larger, BibleGateway.com is a website with tons of translations, and all of them have options to remove almost anything you can imagine. It can remove chapter numbers, verse numbers, footnote letters, and things like that. So uh, everything I've listed here, there is, of course, more out there, but these are ones that I have uh, personally used, all except the Amazon Kindle ones. But um, these are ones that I've used and would highly recommend. Now, if you're a bit more old school, um, and maybe you're like my mother, who can't stand reading things digitally if she can help it, but instead wants to hold a physical Bible for their daily Bible reading. Um, I have a number of suggestions, and this is actually uh, how I was first introduced to a Bible without numbers, is I, I was, um, bought a physical one. And while at the time it was kind of almost revolutionary when I bought one, uh, since then a lot more options have come out, and it's become a much more popular and easily available thing. So for those who want a very smooth reading experience when it comes to reading a Bible without verse numbers, I would recommend the New Living Translation. I always recommend that to anyone who says, you know, I want to read the Bible more, but I just have a hard time understanding it. The language is weird. The language is difficult. Totally understandable. And so I recommend the New Living Translation. Just, you know, get on Google and find New Living Translation without verse numbers, and you will get a good amount of options. Um, now, why I recommend the New Living Translation is, like I said, it takes the original Greek and Hebrew, and it translates it to English, but it doesn't do it in a one-for-one -one way, but instead it tells you, hey, here is what the, the writer was getting at. You know, here is a more natural reading of what's being said here. Or in other words, here is how they would say it today if they were talking about the life of Christ, or John was writing about his visions in the book of Revelation. So if you struggle with Bible reading in all aspects, I would recommend the NLT, the New Living Translation, without verse numbers. Um, now, in my article that I linked where I have you know some uh, various options, uh, one that I talk about is by Tyndale Publishing, and they have a six-volume set called Immerse, and it makes it, again, more like reading an actual book. Um, and it's just, it collects uh, various books of the Bible together for your reading. So if you are here, if you've never really read the Bible before, or you just don't know where to start, my recommendation would be the book within this set called Messiah, uh, which just contains the New Testament, and really just go from there and get into God's Word. Uh, likewise, the ESV Reader's Bible is similar to a Bible that I own, and it has the entire Bible laid out in a single book with no verse numbers and other distractions other than, again, 
uh, chapter numbers and you know the the title of the book when it starts, but that is just really for simplicity. Um, but when it comes to actually reading the Bible, it doesn't have frills that are going to get in your way. Now, if you want something a little more premium, I do link in my article a six-volume collection that looks absolutely beautiful on the shelf. Uh, my friend Jim has one of those, and every time I stop by his place, I just stop and admire what this collection looks like on his shelf. Um, and there's other options. You can find readers' Bibles and anything from the King James Version to the NIV, if those are your preferred translations. Um, now, I will say that from what I can tell, in terms of physical Bibles, this has not become popular enough to warrant a wide variety of translations. Um, again, digitally, it seems like you can get almost anything you want, but in terms of people taking on the physical manufacturing costs, it does not seem like this is something that a lot of people are doing. So if you are wanting something that is as close to the original languages as possible, you don't want a study Bible necessarily, but you want to read as close to word for word as you can get. Um, I have not seen a New American Standard Bible, which is my preferred version currently for more literal translations, but what I would recommend is the English Standard Version. Um, it is not as rigid as the New American Standard in terms of uh, there are sections where they might reword or rephrase things in a way that isn't as difficult to read. And again, in a reader's Bible, you don't always want things to, to be worded difficultly. Um, so I would recommend the ESV if you're not sure. Um, I would, of course, recommend the King James Version. That is a nice uh, classic one that people, a lot of people have grown up with. And so if you're more comfortable with that, that is available. Or if you want a much easier reading experience, you're not reading this for study or for um, you know word-for-word -word understandings of things, but instead you want the idea of what's being said, I would highly recommend the New Living Translation. So if you're at the end of this and you're still not sure if a reader's Bible is for you, if you're not sure about removing verse numbers or maybe not even seeing the value of it, here is what I would recommend doing. And this is what convinced me when I was kind of, you know, on the, on the fence about getting one for myself, is just take your Bible and read it out loud, including the verse numbers and including the headings and the little uh, letters that, you know, indicate notes at the bottom of the page. And when you do that, obviously, even if you don't do that, you're going to know that it's going to feel very disconnected and unnatural. And obviously, we don't sit there and say, you know, read the Bible and say, okay, verse 13, and then read, and okay, verse 14. I know we don't read that way, but without realizing it, a lot of us actually pause and separate things, even, you know, words when we have uh, little reference notes. And we, without realizing it, naturally read the Bible in a way that is disconnected and as unnatural as reading it out loud with verse numbers between every single sentence. And so, you know, at the end, we know that it's important to read the Bible every day. It's our source of truth, and we want to return to it regularly because it cuts through the lies of the world, and it allows us, as followers of Jesus Christ, to see things as God sees them. And yet, despite how important and how necessary we view the Bible in our lives, if we're honest, we do struggle. We do have a hard time reading God's Word regularly or having it make sense to us in a way that we wish it would. 
So if that's you, I would really recommend just giving a Reader's Bible a try, even just on the Bible Gateway website, where it's completely free and accessible from anything that has an internet connection. Give it a try and see if it helps God's Word come alive to you in a brand new way. You know, as you're reading, you know, maybe something like Exodus or Romans will just make more sense when you're able to see how a single sentence fits within an entire paragraph and how that paragraph makes sense within an entire book that is written with a very specific purpose in mind. And at the end of that, I hope that God's word becomes more rich and more alive to you. But whatever you do, whether you end this and don't get invested in readers' Bibles, uh, please just remember that the Bible is how God chooses to reveal himself to us today. And so we want to visit him daily in whatever way lets us clearly see how beautiful and amazing our God is. Thank you for listening to this episode of Onward in the Faith. If you'd like to support this ministry, there are three ways you can do it. The first is through prayer, both for me and Onward in the Faith itself. Second is through outreach and spreading Onward in the Faith by sharing episodes like this with friends or family or people in your church. And third is that you can support this financially. And you can follow links down in the show notes to give a one-time or a monthly donation. Now, I hope this episode has encouraged you to keep moving onward in your faith toward maturity in Christ.